welcome to Valley Christian Church. We hope you enjoy this message, and we hope you join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30. We are located at 432 East Pleasant in Tulare. After the message, take a moment and visit our website at vcctulare.com. It is our prayer that ultimately you learn to love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, you might remember as we've been studying through the book of John, uh, we're in John 14, we got another, I don't know, 20 weeks or so. Uh, Lisa keeps saying, if you only cover three verses each week, it's going to be a long time. Uh, it's not always the case there, but you might remember the disciples are, are gathered together with Jesus and, and the world is really about to be rocked. It's really about to be turned completely upside down. And even though that Jesus is, you know, what he's doing is going to be absolutely phenomenal in regards to their future and and really their eternal future, it will come for them to a point where it's an incredible, stressful weekend. And their lives will be changed. I mean, they've been following this guy around, and, and they've started calling him rabbi, and they started calling him Lord. And they started finally understanding and saying, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. But in actuality, just like us during worship, It's so easy to say that in good times, in easy times. When times are difficult, it's a little harder to say that. And then when, you know, as we always say, the rubber meets the road, when we have to make a decision about which direction, you know, what choice we're going to make here, it becomes difficult. We go, I know you're Lord, but I want to hold on to what I have here. I I want that control. I want that decision process. And And that's the journey that we're all on. But I'm convinced these guys really had no clue what was about to happen. They had no clue that Jesus was going to go to a Roman crucifixion uh, very soon. And you can really tell this by the way they're acting. I mean, they're fighting over who's the greatest. You know, no one's willing to wash each other's feet. They're just having a normal night, a normal meal. And within hours, their Lord would be taken away from them, tried and beaten and crucified. And for these guys, there's nothing that they can do about that. And as a man, men, we we like to fix things, don't we? We're fixers. We love to be able to walk into a situation and say, well, I can do that. I can fix that. And it's a good feeling when we can do that. These guys, there's nothing that they can do to fix it. It's going to rock them. And that's really a personality that the Lord gives us is, you know, for men is we want to fix this. But they won't be able to fix this at all. So there they are. They're having dinner and Christ is saying some very unusual things. And, and you know, some of them they sort of get and some of them they don't quite completely get. And he said some really cool stuff and, and kind of almost some disturbing stuff to them. And it's kind of all woven together. And he says to them, one of you will betray me. And Judas suddenly realizes the Lord really does know his plans that he has. He really does know what he's up to. Have you ever had that realization at all? Boy, man, if the Lord ever finds out what I'm doing, even though we know he knows what we're doing, but we kind of, we kind of keep that blackness in our mind going, okay, well, if I can just keep it over in this corner, the Lord really won't know. So Judas is totally busted, and he bails out, and the other guys are like, hey, what's going on? Where's Judas going? You know, And they have really no clue what's going on. This is really weird. So he says, then one of you will betray me, and all of you will deny me. And of course, Peter speaks up and says, not me. 
Well, when you speak up, when, a, you know, when, when your Lord says something like that, you speak up, what's the Lord going to do? Let it slide? No. He goes, Peter, of all the people, you will deny me three times. Well, hello, Lord. Come on, you know me, Lord. I would never do this. Well, since you spoke up, let me tell you. And we talked about this last week. And, and if you've, uh, you're new here or you've been uh, missing a couple of weeks, we always have CDs. They're in the back if you want to catch up on our study. They're always free right now. But Jesus says to them, I'm going away, and where I'm going, you cannot come. And they have no idea why he's going, where he's going, what he's going to be up to. You know, is, you know, is it just going to be a, kind of an interesting holiday that he goes on? It's almost like these guys are feeling like they're cramming for a final when they don't even know they're taking the class. You know what I'm saying? You kind of, something is just like, you feel something on your shoulders, you feel this weight, and you, and you know something's up, but you had no idea really at the same time. That's what these guys are going through that. You know, do you ever feel like that? You're sitting there going, what is going on in my life? This is supposed to be a nice Passover time, enjoying everything. I mean, Jesus even made the arrangements. We didn't even have to scramble around and figure out, you know, how to put this all together. Jesus did this. But there's all this stress there, and they're starting to feel it. And Jesus starts to understand. I mean, not that he didn't understand, but, but for us, we kind of get the idea that he starts to understand. These guys are starting to feel this, this stress, and they're feeling it. So in John 14, 1, he starts to comfort them. And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. It's almost like he's saying, I'm going to go on a trip. We can get away from all the stress. They had no idea what stands between Jesus and eternal life is this tremendous supreme sacrifice that he's going to go through, that he's going to make. Nevertheless, you know, they're troubled enough for the Lord to look at them in the eye and say, do not let your hearts be troubled. I know what you're feeling right now. Don't be troubled. Thaddeus, how are you feeling? Well, I'm fine, Lord. No, you're not. Matthew, how are you doing tonight? Oh, great. Remember, these, these are guys. How do we answer this question? Well, how's it going? Good. Need any comfort? No. Troubled? Uh-uh. This is what's so beautiful about Jesus. He doesn't even ask them, hey, what's going on? He doesn't even ask these questions. He doesn't go, hey, is anybody kind of feeling troubled tonight? I mean, that, that would be a women's Bible study. Men don't do that. Now, don't get me wrong here, but, but you know, women can... Oh, I shouldn't say that. Okay, I'll say this. Women can fall apart sometimes easily. And, and th that's the emotional side that the Lord's given them. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not ragging on women. That's just the side that the Lord's given them. And the side the Lord's given men is like, we're, we're all like, nope. Mm -mm. I'm doing fine. I'm a guy. And Jesus looks at these guys and says to them, don't let your hearts be troubled. They're looking around going, is he talking to you? He's not talking to me. Judas just left. Maybe it was for him. John, don't let your heart be troubled. 
Lord, why, why would my heart be troubled? Guys, you will understand later, he tells them. Don't let your hearts be troubled. 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 Now, when I looked this up in the Greek, I found out, uh, found out that troubled means troubled. But it also means agitated. Trouble is what a washing machine does to the clothes. You know, chunk, 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 chunk. It agitates them. And ever so often, that agitation or the spinning cycle, also, it gets off balance, and the machine is really in trouble. It's like dancing all over the floor, pacing around the room. It is troubled. Don't let your washing machine be troubled. What's going on here? Oh, oh, nothing, Pastor. Just doing a little laundry in here. Really? You look troubled. No, I, I, I'm not troubled. Did you know that trouble is also what the wind does to the waves? Have you ever been out in a storm or seen, you know, violent waves? And I'm not just talking about the gentle little waves, you know, the nice surfing waves. I'm talking about when the guys in Hawaii, and I know I bring up Hawaii all the time, but the guys in Hawaii, when they're doing the big surfing contest, they have to gauge the waves, waves on whether they're too troubled or not. Because the wind just, you know, just coming right over that wave, and it makes it really messy. Troubled is messy. Oh, it's just a little weather going on here. You know, don't worry about us. Just a little hurricane in my heart. It'll pass. See, Jesus has already calmed the storms on the sea. Now he's trying to calm the storms that are, that are in their heart. And that is really harder. It's easy for the Lord to, to speak to a storm. It doesn't have its own will, does it? Sometimes it's hard to speak to us because we have our own will. The Lord allows us to make decisions. You know, do you, do you know how many layers of resistance you have in your heart? Do you, have, do you know how many layers of resistance you have to, for, for Christ and the Holy Spirit and God to actually get to your heart? Even this morning, I'm sure there's, you know, trying to, the Lord's trying to talk to some of you, and there's resistance right there. Why do we have all those layers? Well, I can solve my own problems. The Lord helps those who help themselves, Right? I can solve these. I, can, I need to fix these problems. This is why I drive around white-knuckled in the car, you know? I'm just grabbing onto that steering wheel because I'm just thinking, I'm, just, I'm troubled, but I'm just thinking. And, and if I can just figure this out, trying to give God some options, because even He doesn't know what to do, right? That's how we feel. Everyone in the house can, can sleep, but, you know, I'm up because I'm not troubled. Everybody's relaxing, but I am not troubled. I, you know, I, I said everybody needs to just relax. I'm not troubled. Do not. Do you know when the Bible says not or do not? It's a command. Thou shalt not. For those that are grown up in church, you know the thou shalt. We associate these with the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Ironically... Those are things in our humanness that a lot of times we want to do. But troubled? I don't want to be troubled. Oh, really? It's not really actually my will. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be troubled. I wouldn't desire trouble. I mean, I would. do you think I would want to bring stress on myself? No, 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 no. No. As soon as everything works out, it won't be stress anymore. If God would just work out this stuff, 
It wouldn't be stress. All I need him to do, wait, wait a second, Where, where's my list? I know I stayed up all night last night making my list. Where is it? If God could just follow my list. Jesus says to these guys, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. And then he has them go through this weekend, the toughest weekend of their life. And ironically, he could have saved them from it. Doesn't this bug you, to, you know, about God sometimes? He says, I'm going to take you through this. I'm going to take you through it. Yea, though I walk, not run around, not jump over, not tunnel underneath. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Why does he begin this passage with yea? It's not kind of a, it's not a passage that begins with yea, you know what I mean? Through. Do not let. Let. What kind of word is this? Let is a control word. Do not let. What's another word for let? How about allow? Let is like a door to the heart that somebody's knocking on. Do not open that door. Do not let your wife... Do not let your children, do not let your, your, you know, whose heart, who are you talking to? Are you talking to me? Whose heart is he talking about? Our hearts. Say your name. Okay, humor me. Do not let, there you go. See, some of you are so stressed out you can't even say your name. (laughs) Do not let Alan's heart. What happens in your heart? Okay, I know there's beating. I I get that. There's blood. There's pumping. But that's not what I'm talking about. But I sort of am because it affects the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, doesn't it? What is in your heart? How about your decisions? Your relationships? Do not let everything in your relationships trouble you. Okay, Lord, my bad. Sorry about that. That's an easy one, right? Don't let my relationships trouble trouble me. That's all I have to do. I thought this was going to be hard. Just don't let it bother me. Do not let Alan's heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Oh, wait a second. You mean I don't have to do this on my own? Because I, I wouldn't know how to really do that. See, Jesus would never give you a command that he expected you to do on your own because you can't handle it. I can't handle it. Don't let your heart be troubled. Now look at the rest of the verse. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Okay, well, that's still hard, but it can help because my perspective starts to change, especially when I know that God is really in control of this life. He is saying this today, knowing that my Father is in control. And tomorrow, he will be hanging on a cross with the ground shaking. And I would remember this verse. That's what the disciples went through. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You don't know that tomorrow I'm going to be on a cross. Don't let your hearts be troubled. But Lord, there are things happening in my life right now that, that makes me, you know, if, if there's a God, if there is a God, wait, that is it. If there's a God, Yeah. Okay, but I'm mad at that God right now. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. See, if you don't believe in God, you're doomed to have a troubled heart your whole life. I can't help you any further if you don't believe in God. I can make you laugh because I'm so funny. I can distract you because I say things the wrong way when I'm up here. I can even buy you lunch, but I can't do anything further than that if you don't believe. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, but also in me. Not just any God. Not just any path. Believe also in me. And you don't know, you don't even know what I'm about to do for you. I'm about to die on the cross and shed my, my blood and by my stripes you will be healed. So you will be able to receive salvation. In my Father's house, verse 2, it says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And as much as I, lo- I love um, reading different translations and, and the King James and the New King James, they use the word mansion here. And I, I, I personally, I, I think it's wrong uh, to use that particular word because what do you think of when you, when you think of the word mansion? Well, first of all, you even think, well, how much land? Does that mean I don't get to hear my neighbors? Does that mean I, I don't get bugged by other people? I don't think it's, it, you know, it's quite like that. And, and they've taken this word and went and wrote songs and everything about it. That, that when I get to heaven, I'm going to have this mansion up on a, on a hilltop, away from everybody else. But the Bible doesn't say that. Now, the NIV went completely the opposite. And there's issues there, too. It, you know, it says rooms. Like Jesus is up there building a dorm room. For those that went to college, you're thinking, no. I used to work at a college. I dealt with these guys. No. So the King James is all royal, you know, take me to a mansion. And the NIV is all relaxed and, you know, you, you get a room with a cubby. See, the, the, group, uh, the, the Greek word here is Monet. Not the French Monet or whatever painting, but it's the same concept. Monet is the word. It means a completely safe and permanent dwelling place. Now, some of us go to the word completely safe because of what's happened in our life. Completely safe. And we go back to, to our memory banks and we go somewhere where, you know, where some of us go with the word permanent and, and then we go back in our memory banks and, and we go, safe and permanent. This is a good combination. And we say, you know, we would say this. The one thing I know about this world... Nothing is completely safe or permanent. Would you agree with me on that one? Nothing is completely safe and permanent in this world. And you know what? You're right. But we are not a part of this life. We're not. See, we are about a life that Jesus is going to prepare for us. He says, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Now, we kind of go, okay, building contractor. Well, it's not quite like that. It's much more than just that. And we just won the spiritual lottery. It's not about building. It's about safety. I go to prepare a permanent safe place for you. And in my father's house, there are many, 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 many rooms. And the Greek word for many is more than you can even count. In my Father's house, there are more than you can count safe and permanent places. And I'm going away and I'm going to prepare it. You know, it's so cool that he doesn't say, 
I'm having it prepared for you. Because as wealthy as God is, he could just command it and they would go and do it. I am having it prepared. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, you know, I have a construction company right, the, you know, right now. And, and what was the name of that company? It was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was called the ACS, you know, the Angelic Construction Company. See, he personally is going to the cross. He personally is going to, to release the captives from the underworld. He personally is coming back to explain it all. He personally, you know, promised the Holy Spirit. So we have some way to survive until that day he comes back or he takes us by what we call death. I go to prepare a place for you, a safe and permanent place for you that is in, is in, which is a great spiritual concept for us. It is in my father's house. I am going to take care of you. Guys, everything else is going to be okay. Stop letting your hearts be troubled by the silly things that are, that are bugging you, you know, this past few days, this past week, or maybe this month. Maybe you're just holding on to whatever it is that's been bugging you. But pastor, this is, this is not a silly thing. This is unsolvable. Oh, really? Tell that to Jesus Christ. He can solve everything. He solves it in his own way, in his own time. And he tells you, Stop letting your heart be troubled and giving yourself a heart attack, an ulcer, an aneurysm. Because you're troubled, you're wrecking your marriage. Because you're, you're troubled, you're wrecking the relationship with your kids. You're yelling at people you know, that should never be yelled at. And you're taking your frustration out on everybody because you're troubled. Because you're wanting to yell at yourself. But you don't know how to yell at yourself. How many of you stand in front of the mirror and yell at yourself? You want your problem to be solved. And Jesus says, come unto me, all who are weary. Okay, well, I guess I'm one of them. And heavy laden. Okay, well, I guess that would be me. And I will give you rest. 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 Do you think you can remember the verse we're covering today? Do not let Alan's heart be troubled. Now put your name in there. Philippians says this this way. Do not be anxious about anything. Is this hard at all or is this easy? Do not be anxious about anything. This is hard. Do you know why it's hard? Because when we leave this room, what do we do? We go out there and we try to do it on our own. We try to go out there and do it in our own flesh and of our own mind and our own desires. We can't do this in the flesh. The Holy Spirit of God, the comforter that, that he has called, is going to have to fill you and come around you and cushion yourself from everybody else. You know, it's not like we're going to walk through this life in a, you know, a blissful nirvana or something. And something's never, you know, you're never going to have anything bother you. Of course something is going to bother you. The chair you're sitting in now probably bothers you. The new look on the stage probably bothers you. The person sitting behind you that thinks that Pastor Allen is so funny probably bothers you. See, stuff is going to bother you. But you don't have to let it get to your heart. We can block it. How do I do that? That's what the Holy Spirit does for us on a daily basis. I will send the comforter to you, he says. 
I'm not going to allow you to do this alone. I don't expect you to do this by yourself. What you have to do is be still and know that I am God. And that in itself is really a lifetime battle, isn't it? I wish I could, you know, I could teach this to you as if I do this all the time. But in actuality, I only do this about half the time. I get stressed out. I call it my, my task mode. When I'm in task mode, I'm stressed out. It's usually about 15 minutes before service or 15 minutes before an event. I get, you know, that's my task mode. It's like, leave me alone. I'm trying to get this done. And that's where the Lord is, is trying to soften my heart and, and work on me. And I've gotten a lot better at it. Just, I mean, talk to my wife. I'm so much better than I used to be. So, you know, it's almost like, hello. My name is Alan Orr. I've been stressed out now for 39 years. Stress Anonymous. I've learned how to sleep at night better. Instead of staying awake and playing God for an hour or so. And ironically, last night as we were leaving, we were talking with some friends and somebody said something that triggered in my mind. You know what I did? I went home talking about it. I sat and watched TV for a little while thinking about it. I went to bed thinking about it. I woke up thinking about it. The Lord says, Alan, you studied this this week. Come on. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be anxious. And I'm like, okay, Lord, take this. Please take it because I'm going to keep thinking about it if you don't take it. He told the guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. And he said this on a night that stress would overwhelm them. So much more than anything they'd ever gone through before. So it must work. So how do I do this? Be still and know. Be anxious about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding... It bypasses all the understanding of why you should be stressed out. And it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, so many other scriptures speak to this. And we could just keep covering them and covering them. We could be here all day and all this next week covering verses that talk about handing stuff over to God and not being stressed out. But what we really need to to do is, is sit here and think about these. Would it be a major victory in your life if you learned to live half the time in a way that we just talked about? Stress-free, handing stuff over to God, not letting our hearts be troubled? Would it be a major victory if that was you today? If that is you, raise your hand. Yeah. See, we're all in the same boat. There's so many of us. Now, I'm not going to say, okay, guys, go out there and do it. So many churches do that. And I'm not trying to bag on that. I'm just saying, I, I just, I can't do that. See, everything I just told you is totally 100% impossible in your humanness. Because you can't go and do it. What is that scripture? Nothing is impossible with our human thinking. Is that what it is? No, nothing is impossible with Jesus. 
See, when you rely on the Holy Spirit, when you rely on the Comforter, when you rely on the one that goes before you, then your heart doesn't have to be troubled. He's the only one that can take that stress away. Because if you try to do it, you won't accomplish it. You'll just stress yourself out even more because you're still stressed. I want to pray for you guys that, uh, that this week the Lord will show you how, to, you know, how you can gain rest in Him. How you can hand those things over to you. Because I guarantee, just like for me, when I was studying this, the Lord says, okay, Alan, I'm going I'm to I'm run you through a test here. Are you still stressed when I throw this at you? Hand it back over to me. He's going to do that. He's going to test you because it will make you stronger when you pass that exam. Because we take that exam over and over and over again. And the more we pass it, the more knowledge we gain about Him, and the better we are at handing stuff over to Him. Let's pray. Lord, our our lives are so full of stress. It's not even as stressful as the things that the disciples went through on, on this particular weekend when you told them this. You ask that we not let our hearts be troubled. I pray, Lord, for those that are out there right now that that have a troubled heart, a troubled spirit, that they would just hand that over to you, knowing that we can't accomplish these things on our own, knowing that we need a companion in this world, your Holy Spirit in our lives, to direct us along that path of making wise decisions, of relieving that stress in our lives and just handing it over to you, knowing that you're in control. And really, Lord, that's what it boils down to is control. We stress out so much because we want control, Lord. I pray that you teach us to be a church that hands things over to you when we're stressed out, when we're in our task mode, when we're with our families and we're irritated and we're taking it out on our wife, our husband, our children, our parents, our coworkers, our boss, our employees. All the people that we take it out on, Lord. I pray that you allow the Holy Spirit go before us and smooth those over in our heart so we we won't act like the world. Lord, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. Give us that mindset. Help us not to be anxious for anything, Lord. You are an amazing God. You went to the cross, you died for our sins, and you brought back life. And you not only did that, but you gave us the Holy Spirit so we can grow and mature and become more like you before we go and be with you. And the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine down upon you. And may the Holy Spirit give you that stillness of knowing that He is in control. In Your name, Amen.